Happy Tuesday, everyone. It's time for another episode of your favorite soccer podcast, at least when we're talking about Orange County Soccer Club stuff. We've got a guest on board, actually a couple of guests that we're going to bring on here to help us out tonight. And let's go ahead and get this thing started. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. And it's in. Darwin Jones with the response for Orange County. And it is a massive one. Austin Bold dominant in the last 10. Forrester in the middle now. Gets around a few defenders. Forrester with the outside of the foot. What a strike by Harry Forrester. It's the opening goal for Orange County. Has it now. Back post. Opportunity and a goal. A beautiful goal by Orange County. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How is it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC, we are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode, except for that one time, uh, to help bring you through the journey of Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as we as he has every day, including that one episode I missed, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are things going? Um, I guess I have to unmute myself for this whole thing to work, but I'm doing yes. well. Uh, it is super, super hot. It has been super, super hot today. And for our listeners who are not in Southern California, it was at one point over 100 degrees. So I will not hear your complaints. We don't like to hear those complaints when we have uh, from the out-of-staters that make fun of us when it comes to hot weather in Southern California. There's a reason why we pay the money we do to live in this neck of the country. Um, and it's because of the beautiful weather. We're not dealing with the heat. Um, I think he's also dealing with heat a little bit south of us down in San Diego. And that is Alan. Alan, how's the weather been down there? And how have you been? Technical issues, I think, for Alan. He's having some internet issues this evening. So let's skip ahead. Maybe we'll have to rely more on Mr. Cameron, our good friend of the show uh, from a um, a mouthful of history, I believe is what it's called. Am I getting that right, Cameron? Yes, you are 100% correct. Perfect. How are you uh, doing? How are you dealing with the heat? Uh, fine. I mean, I'm not the one paying for air conditioning, so I uh, can't complain right now. Um, but yes, in Fullerton, it got as high as 105 degrees as opposed to the 100 where Dylan's at. But I mean, other than that, you know, two wins from two this week for Orange County. So we're at the top for now and let's, let's keep this at least in the power rankings, but let's keep it there. And look at that Cameron doing a perfect job of uh, positioning us into our guests that we've brought into the show. First time joining us here on the orange black orange and black soccer cast, one of the newest members of the defensive side of things. Um, and that is Nathan Smith. Uh, I believe his microphone's muted. Hopefully he can figure out how to unmute it uh, so we can get him on here. Nathan, how are you doing?
Sorry, you know, we technical issues on my end there. You got the mic unmuted, and I forgot to add your your vocals to the stream. Let's let's try this one more time, Nathan. How are things going for you? Oh, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, thank you guys for having me on the show today. I hope you guys can uh, hear me now a little better. Oh yeah, we we got you. We yes, got you, Robin, clear. It was it was my mistake, so I apologize for that. Um, how have you been dealing with this this crazy heat we've been having here in Southern California? Uh, been been staying indoors a lot of time inside, outside of training, just trying to stay by a fan and you know just lay down and relax. So let me let me ask you really quickly what's what's training been like with this with these you know hundred degree temperatures? I know there are some teams around the league that I guess this is typical for them when you talk about like Phoenix, maybe Las Vegas, some of those Texas teams. But again, here in Southern California. Not typical. Uh, how's training been for you guys? Are you guys staying uh, hydrated throughout tr uh, the training sessions? Yeah, definitely. We got a uh, Powerade and water out there, staying hydrated. I feel like uh, it's it was like we were spoiled a little bit early on with the kind of the gloom. So having a little heat kind of isn't the worst thing. What's the? Can you think back and go all the way back to your youth time? Uh, the worst, I guess, weather you've ever played a match in. I know recently the match against uh, was it Vegas? It was pretty hot at kickoff. What's the worst weather you've dealt with in a in a soccer match? I would definitely say uh, Academy playoffs. They would host it out in uh, Frisco, Texas, in the midsummer, and you play two games a day. It was terrible. My brother actually uh, had heat exhaustion one year. So that, that was probably the worst. Yeah. Was this when you were playing for the uh, Galaxy Academy? Yeah, squad? this is when I was playing for the Galaxy. Perfect. So, uh, for people that aren't too familiar with with you, you you your academy play was with Galaxy. You did go to UCLA for your co collegiate career. Then you joined a Los Dos on a contract. Got to make a few appearances with the senior team in the MLS uh, Galaxy, and then you transitioned over to Portland. Um, what what led to your decision to to come back to Southern California and play for Orange County this uh, this season? Uh, I just thought, uh, like, playing against them for the last couple of years, that they had an attractive style of play, and I liked the way that, you know, they, they tried to play the game. And I had previously known Braden from uh, Galaxy. He had coached me a, a brief bit in the academy. Uh, so I just thought it would be a good fit. And, I mean, the fit, the, the fit has been pretty amazing so far. You've teamed up with the other newcomer, Rob Kiernan, and then, of course, the returnees, uh, Michael Orozco, Kevin Alston, and then also newcomer from um, over in Scotland, uh, Danny Finlayson, uh, to form one of the formidable defenses in the USL championship, uh, conceding only one goal so far. Uh, how have you guys clicked so quickly so soon in the season? Yeah, I think the, you know, the guys that you mentioned are great and uh, helped the team out a lot. But I think that just from the whole group, from the midfield and from the top up, uh, just we've all kind of bought in to that we're going to be hard to break down and that we're not going to be giving up goals. Let me hand it off to my partner, Dylan, here, because I've been hogging all the questions. You got a question for, for Nathan, Dylan? Yeah, um, so we obviously played Phoenix a couple weeks ago, played them twice in a row, and especially in that second match, you were very, very confident coming up against Solomon Asante, who's probably one of the best players in the league. Um, and you wasted no time in, in kind of running your mouth at him and, and winding him up. Um, is that something that you find to be an important part of your game, or is that just coming down to, to confidence and 
your back line and your yeah, teammates. Yeah, I, I think that uh, comes down to uh, the coaches and uh, mm-hmm. my teammates just believe in me, and that gives me all the confidence out on the field. So they make it, you know, easier for me to, you know, kind of play my game. And let me follow up, I guess, on Dylan's question there. Uh, what was the feeling after? I, I think there was a lot of uh, fanfare on social media on your solid defense on Solomon Asante. Did you get to read any of the fan either tweets or posts on social media about the impressive uh, defensive effort you had against, again, one of the top players in the USL championship? Yeah, no, I, I didn't get a read uh, into it. I don't have a Twitter uh I'm actually blocked out of my Twitter. So the one that Orange County's tagging me, I don't have any connection with it anymore. So I'm kind of without the Twitter world right now. So I've kind of been staying off social media. What did you sound like Dylan? You sound like Dylan prior to becoming a podco- podcast host. He refused to be on social media and we sort of had to force him to do that. <laughs> um, we did get Alan on the stream and it looks like his internet connection is up and working. Yes. Alan, questions for, uh, for Nathan? Yes, I do. My computer is as over this heat as I am. Uh, um, so there's a lot of like leadership on that team. You talk about Aiden Quinn. You talk about Michael Orozco. Fred- Frederick Dua even is, I would consider, to be do, due, dua. Depends on who your announcer is for the week. Uh, but is there anything that you're learning about uh, stepping up, being a leader? I know you, you tend. it seems like you talk a lot on the pitch. Is there something you're picking up from these guys that you are incorporating into your game as far as kind of the um, leadership role or the maybe not the tangible aspect of the pitch of, of soccer, but maybe more the mental game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the guys you mentioned, like uh, Orozco, Quinn, Kiernan, Do, they're all great leaders and they kind of lead vocally and by example. So I try to kind of do my, my bit uh, – you know, with the guys like younger or older, just trying to also uh, voice what they have been voicing and kind of preach what uh, our principles are and just doing the right things. And as far as like the fit, I think it feels very like you've been part of the team for a while. Like, I don't think it feels like you're new to the team, which is super impressive. Is there anything that's happened, whether on the training ground or in um, just in the match itself that helped you gain that comfort level um, to make it look like you've been playing with Orange County for quite some time? Uh, I would say just, uh, well, the quarantine helped for sure. We were able to kind of uh, see like the throughout the break, stay together and stay close. So I think it really bonded us as a team because we kind of came together late with our full team, not in the whole preseason. So I think through quarantine, we kind of really built a bond Let me just follow up on the the thought of building these bonds. Uh, what player or player have you sort of built the closest bond with so far in your short time with this with this team? Uh, I would say uh, probably Seth Casipley. Uh, He's my roommate as well, and we play together on the same side. So I think uh, our bond kind of uh, on that left side has been pretty strong and. Do, were you jealous uh, when you first joined the team when he had that nice, nice mustache going on? And were you sad when he decided to to chop that thing off? Uh, no, no. Uh, he he can grow a nice mustache, but I, I wasn't sad to see it leave. <laughs> uh, he was, he's a great guy. He was actually he he joined our podcast right after 
shortly after being announced. So, and he was a great uh, guest, just as you you've been so far, Nathan. I want to give Cameron a chance to ask a quick question here before we uh, move on to uh, maybe some more fun questions for you. Okay. I mean, Nathan. So you've played. Of course, you've played in the Galaxy Academy, Galaxy Two. You even had what is it? Twelve appearances for the Galaxy. And you've been up, and then you've been the MLS USL. What are a few things you felt you've improved on throughout the course of your career? You're still only 25. But what have you felt like you've improved the most on since your first MLS appearance? Uh, I think uh, what I've been improving on is consistency, or what I've been trying to really work on is consistency, just staying uh, at my best each game and then uh, just trying to be uh, like a, a point in the attack where I can keep the ball for the team where I know, you know, I'm not giving the ball over carelessly. Yeah. You've been one of the silent performers of the team. One that doesn't get much attention, but that's, I feel like you've been one of the most consistent players in the field so far and a very big reason as to why, you guys have been undefeated since the restart. Well, let's yeah. say this, Cameron. They've been they've been undefeated since the beginning of the season. Really, they they haven't lost a match all season. True. Um, one of the I forgot I the, forgot about the it, that was that was in March. I I I had forgot. Um, <laughs> one of the one of the best defenses in the league, and and Nathan Smith is a part of that. Uh, one of the things we like to do when we bring some uh, guests on, especially when it's their first time joining the show, is to let the fans get to know a little bit about the the player outside of soccer by asking just some random, interesting questions. I know Dylan's just dying to ask his typical question. But what I want to ask you right now, if you were to go on and, and pull up your iTunes account or Spotify account, what song would probably be on uh, the one that would be playing at this moment? At this moment, uh, that would probably be some uh, Burner Boy. Ooh, Burner Boy. Boy. Ooh. <laughs> no, I, he's got some good tracks with some grime artists that are pretty solid. Especially, especially I, own it. Especially own it with Stormzy and Ed Sheeran. That's that. <laughs> that was a good track. Don't lie, Cameron. You were just Wikipediaing uh, Burna Boy to find out what uh, what his songs yeah, are right no, now. No, get 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 the get the noise out. No, no, no. I was no, gonna no. say. I was gonna say. Alan's <laughs> gonna know Burna Boy from being a high school or junior high school teacher. I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> my, uh, I mean, my students drop like people i'm like i who like i don't you're just giving me random names at this point i don't even know uh so uh <laughs> who has who has the best quarantine hair slash facial hair and why is it kevin alston kevin alston's <laughs> beard is great I'll, I'll give the the beard to uh k he's killing it with the beard but I would say for the hair, uh, probably Aiden Quinn. He's been growing his out for a long – between Quinn uh, or uh, Seth. They've been really uh, – I don't think they've really got too many haircuts. I mean, Nathan – Hold on, Cameron. Uh, speaking really quick about hair, um, you know, we noticed uh, a goalie change this last match due to a slight knock for for Frederick Dew. Uh, and Aaron Cervantes comes on, and we've always praised him for his, like, perfect – like hair that doesn't even get messed up when he's diving left and right in the goal. And then he comes into this match looking like he just got out of bed. Is it probably, what would you assume it's probably because he wasn't ready to make an appearance in that match, Nathan? Um, you know, it might be the style he's rocking with that kind of messy flow. Um, I'm not too sure. <laughs> uh, let me, let me throw it over to Dylan for a quick question here. 
All right. Hopefully, this is our last dumb question that might be just a waste of your time. I got, one, I got, bed, I got, I got what is your... I got one more dumb question too. Of course, got of course, more. Cameron. But Nathan, what is your favorite vegetable, and how do you prepare it? Favorite vegetable, honestly, probably carrot. So, I, I just like them, you know, uh, chopped up in the bag, the little mini carrots. Pretty simple with the the veggies. Are we yeah, getting some ranch dressing in there? Anything? Ranch, no ranch, no ranch. Just straight, good man. Straight carrots. I have so much respect, <laughs> even more than I already had. All right, Cameron. All right, Cameron, take, take your shot for the last question here. All right, so I feel like whenever like, I feel like the pinnacle of athleticism is having your own Wikipedia page, and so uh, how does it feel like to be in the realms of the world of search engines? Like, like you can put your name and you can just go to your Wikipedia page. Like, I feel like that's success. Uh, I mean, it feels good, but you know, it also could feel bad. You know, if you get a blooper on yourself, then. It's just out there on the search engine. So I think I think it has its pros and cons. And I, I will say this. Uh, unfortunately for Nathan, his name is very uh, a very common name, especially for soccer slash football. There was probably like four or five other soccer slash football um, profiles on Wikipedia with the name Nathan Smith. So it actually took me a few times to find the right one uh, earlier today. I just wanted to go and, and read the bio. So um yeah, who who know who who knows how many Nathan Smiths are out there playing soccer and who will eventually take over that Wikipedia space? Uh, Nathan, I don't want to take up any more of your time because I know you gotta, uh, you know, do your your nightly routine, getting them prepared for this weekend's match as Orange County is traveling up the five or the four hundred five to take on Los Dos. Hopefully, hopefully that match happens. Fingers hopefully. crossed. Uh, quick, uh, quickly from you, Nathan. Uh, can you give us a quick uh, thought on how that match is going to turn out for Orange County? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to try to go out there and play our game and uh, keep doing what we're doing and try to really uh, get three points up there. I think they're uh, it's a must win, and kind of, we're kind of a little uh, bitter about the last game being canceled. So I think uh, we're going to go in there and really try to show what we're about. Perfect. Nathan Smith is a defender for your Orange County Soccer Club, ladies and gentlemen, and you can watch him and the rest of the club take on Los Dos this weekend on ESPN Plus uh, and also watch some of the matches throughout the season on Cox Review. Nathan, once again, uh, thank you for taking some time to join us, uh, and hopefully we'll get to speak to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Perfect. Again, Nathan Smith, we always appreciate when we can have a player from the club join us and we can learn a little bit about them. Uh, I hope not. Hope people don't think we're totally wasting time when we're asking some of those silly questions. But part of the reason we do like to do that is because uh, we we get to see these players playing soccer, uh, being athletes out there. But we like to try and learn a little bit more about them off the off the pitch, just so um, you can find out if you know. Hey, if there's any Orange County fans that also are fans of Burner Boy, now you know Nathan Smith is is one of your your guys on the club that listens to the same type of music as you uh, and can enjoy that. So. Uh, and, you know, Dylan just found his favorite vegetable choice, it seems like, on this club. You know, he was super stoked that it was just, you know, cut up carrots with no ranch. Right, Dylan? I was I was more excited that it was not ranch because <laughs> ranch is a garbage dressing. The man is from the garlic capital of the world, so he would know a good dipping sauce. Um, of course, the real garlic capital is actually Gilroy. I digress. Anyway, ranch is trash. I was really excited about that. But he and Chap have a, a favorite vegetable in common. 
So, you know, future gift there, maybe a CLC chant based off of a Burna Boy chorus or something. Anything's possible. Talking about carrots. You know, hey. I feel I feel a little bit bad for him with you know Cameron asking a dumb question, but what is it like to be on Wikipedia? <laughs> What's it like? I feel like I feel like that is a certified dumb question. I feel like that's like <laughs> boom. <laughs> Somehow you picked a, a dumber question than the rest of us, which is saying something because Alan was just trying to talk about facial hair. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Kevin Olsen's beard is like a thing of it's absolute gorgeous. beauty. I I'm in love. It's with a well groomed beard. Uh, this is the me, hard-hitting analysis you expect from the Orange Black Soccer cast. <laughs> let me ask this really quick before we move on to talking about the recent match, um, and that is Nathan Smith. Again, we talked about it briefly that his name is very common when you look at that. Uh, do you think if he had a more unique name, would he be maybe a name that people would actually recognize more, and maybe that's an, a nice way for him to fly under the radar by having a very – sort of, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but a common sort of simple name that doesn't stand out. You know, if he had like a Solomon Asante type name, would he be someone that maybe would be recognized more? What do you think, Dylan? Uh, no, I don't think fullbacks, with one exception for Allen's club, I don't think fullbacks really get noticed. Um, having a name, like, look, he's probably not going to put up incredible stats, like decent interceptions and, and blocks, but... No one's looking at defensive stats and going, oh, well, this guy is someone we need in our team. But like his play, if you watch our games, passes the eye test. Um, and he is making massive, massive changes for Orange County just in making runs when he's going further up the pitch and stretching out defenses. And he gets back really well. Uh, and his tireless play, he's a little bit more like a, a left-back version of Christian Dew. So I'm, I'm thrilled. Definitely. Um, and go to you, Alan, someone that has a pretty common uh, name as well. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think uh, Nathan would stand out more if, if he, Dylan's, uh, Dylan's looking like what, what kind of question is that? Well, I mean, I mean, Alan's is Alan. related to Carrie though. Oh, uh, we don't, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. That's not something we talk about. Um, um it's a season that sits from her, right? I mean, I get more credit if, if he had a more unique name or is, is, is he liking where he is? sort of flying under the radar as this really quality signing for Orange County that no one was talking about heading into the season, really. I think the thing that's the most important thing to look at is when you're going into the season and someone like Kanto leaves and you're like, hey, there's going to be a, a hole there to fill in and try to replace that player. And then several games in, you realize you don't... The only thing you really miss is maybe that really long throw-in, like a essentially a set piece from a throw-in. But when you look at the offensive output, the defensive output, I think, you know, I, no offense to uh, Mr. Kanto, but I would say that it's a, it's a pretty even wash, if, if not even a improvement with the way that back line's been playing. So I just think it speaks to his ability to just to come in, you know, head down, take care of business. And, you know, if you have a common name or not, I don't think it really matters. I think um, he has made himself a fixture in that back line and i think it's well deserved uh on both sides of the pitch uh both defensively and offensively i think he offers something of consistency uh level-headed play uh tough play i mean he's gotten a couple yellow cards uh because he plays on the aggressive side but never unintelligent it's never him going too far it's always like right up to that line 
Um, and I've been really, really impressed with his play on the pitch um, that you don't really feel like you've missed a beat. Um, and I, I know the back line was a question mark going into the season. Uh, three, you know, three new players, Kevin Alston, I'm glad he's back. Um, but I, I think with Nathan Smith, he's just locked down that left side, left, left wing back position in a way that you just don't have to think about it. Like you pencil his name in every time. Uh, he's just been that consistently good on both sides of the pitch. An interesting thing with with not just Nathan Smith, but a lot of the newcomers this year, if you look back in past seasons, there's been probably one or two that just don't end up fitting in with the club. They either leave midway through the season or they just have subpar uh, seasons compared to what the expectations are. You're looking at this roster with these newcomers that have come in. You have Nathan Smith, Brian Olosky, uh, Seth Kasipley, Rob Kiernan. These are four names that are new to this roster that have come in. Ugo also. Five names on this roster that are making a sudden, in, uh, an immediate impact on this team and are cementing their place uh, to be on the roster week in and week out. Um, it, it's actually pretty refreshing to see that from Orange County as opposed to what we've seen in the past where you have players come in and not play the way you're expecting or, you know, in the case of like Charlie Adams last year, leaving midway through the season, um, Noah Powder, I'm not Noah Powder, um, uh, there was one the season before. I forget who it was off the top of my head. Um, Mansell Selbold. There you go. There you favorites. go. There you go. There you go. Uh, let me ask you qu- really quick on that camera. Then let's get to these matches. What are your thoughts on how uh, so many new pieces to this team have come in and have just slotted right in there? And it looks like they've been part of this squad since last season. Well, I think it boils down to recruitment, honestly. I think these are – Huge, I think these were huge pickups by the front office, and I and they were needs. They found good players on the market. I mean, of course, you know, with USL, it's always high turnover rate, but finding the right players is always hard. And I think, you know, the front office probably and everyone involved found players that fit a mold. And I mean, you look at Brian Olaski; he won. The Polish league with Legia Warsaw, like Legia Warsaw. I mean, only granted, he had one appearance, but you know, Bless he's you. a winner in that sense. <laughs> and uh, oh, and um, he slotted right. In. I, I just think that it just is good chemistry, and think the front office has done a good job in you know find the right players for recruitment, and and yeah, just it. Hats off to them and hats off to the players themselves for, you know, slotting in right from the beginning. So uh, let's move on. Let's actually talk about some soccer because we actually have two matches to recap and then two matches to preview. And we don't want to take up too much time. So we're going to sort of go through these rather quickly. So I apologize for that. Uh, But first, let's talk about I'm I'm sure Alan's excited to talk about this. First, one we're going to talk about was the match down in San Diego at Torero Stadium. That is that's how you say it, correct? Yep. yep um, correct. And Orange County traveled down, and for about 45, 50 minutes, it looked like it was going to just be one of those nil-nil type performances But on there. Actually, after a quick chance by Seth Klesipley, it actually was San Diego that was putting the pressure on for much of that first half. Uh, lo and behold, second half comes on. Orange County gets two goals and seals the deal for uh, another match with a victory and nothing conceded, so a perfect uh, a clean sheet. Sorry for the defense there. Uh, let me talk to you, Alan, as the San Diego man. Uh, what were your thoughts on Orange County's performance against uh, your local team? 
Yeah, this was an interesting one to watch. Um, I think offensively for San Diego, this is the best game offensively of their season. Um, I know that doesn't sound like a lot when they don't score a goal, but I think if you really look at that game, uh, Orange County gets like a good 20 minutes and really capitalizes on a few mistakes uh, that San Diego give them. Um, you have um, Sean uh, Akoli, who is shut down for most of the game, uh, finding that one that one mistake and then just pouncing on it and and being able to put it in. Uh, Aiden Quinn scores an amazing goal. Like uh, it's like two weeks in a row for San Diego, or two games in a row for San Diego, and two just like stellar amazing goals that you just have to tip your cap. Like I mean, Aiden Quinn's left foot is magical when it uh, when it sparkles. But I think for San Diego, this was a like a hey, this was a really good match. We can build from this. Orange County was one of those oh snap, we got outplayed for a large portion. But I think the difference between last year and this year is they just kept at it and was were able to capitalize on the mistakes um, and bury them in a way that they didn't before. Um, yeah, so it's basically between like the 65th minute and the 84th was the two goals up to that point. Like the first half was all San Diego. Um, and it's something that Orange County needs to, um, I think, be wary of. And I think when we talk about the Vegas game, there were some moments in there as well. Um, but it's really that kind of middle part of the second half that Orange County just took advantage and were able to put two by San Diego. And Dua came up, Dew came up big. Um, the defense came up big and just kept San Diego off uh, the board long enough for them to get that one breakthrough. Um, and and you know, or San Diego's just not scoring goals right now. Let me let me go to you really quick, Dylan. Without Frederick Dew between the posts there against San Diego, they probably could. I mean, nothing against Aaron Cervantes because he's a very spectacular goalkeeper as well. But Frederick Dew made a few great saves there in that first half that kept Orange County in in that match until they had the opportunity to score. Without Frederick Dew in there, do you think uh, Orange County has no chance in this? Yeah, you know, I'm not actually sure. We saw Aaron last year more than a handful of times make really big reflex saves um, that we saw Frederick do making in that match. I think the experience tips it in favor of, of do being the right man in that situation, getting into a little bit better positioning, getting into better spots before the shots coming in so that when they are coming in, he can gather or parried away with some strength and push it out. San Diego made a lot of set pieces. And I think that's where the, the success for Orange County comes from is, is Dew's ability to uh, organize his box and, and his, I mean, the amount of noise that he generates as a, as a human being is, is incredible. And we heard a lot of it in the match against Vegas as well. A lot of expletives, but he got yes. the point across. <laughs> yes, <he did. laughs> Let me ask you really quick, Cameron, on that match, Alan mentioned the Aiden Quinn strike. Uh, best guess, can you give me, Cameron, of the MPH, the miles per hour of that shot heading into goal uh, for Aiden Quinn? Well, that's hard. I think like 55, 60 miles an hour. Cause that was hit. If you think if you were in goal and you were like basically put right in the right position to make that save, would you have been able to save that or would it have still gotten past you? Ooh, it it was right. It looked like from, from the angle, which the cameras, like you see in the camera, it's rising. So I just think that I, I personally, I would have been able to save it. I would have had to have been like right in front of it and knock off my dome (laughs) <laughs> like that would be the only way i mean i'd probably be concussed but hey get the save but i mean like if i'm in a normal position 
like middle of the goal no that's that was just hit perfect and i think that goal was was set up by some nice footwork by i believe it was brian oloski if i get that wrong um someone correct me um let me go to you alan uh brian oloski yeah. sets up aiden quinn for that strike what do you think's going through aiden quinn's mind as as that that shot leaves his boot and heads to the goal uh, do you think he already knows it's going in and he just starts running to celebrate and what did you think of his celebration uh getting a goal in his hometown um so a couple things um i thought it was uh alvarado who kind of pushes it back to him and kind of lays it out perfectly um i think there was a lot of love in san diego uh because of uh aiden's dad and how spectacular he was with the soccer like that was the the scuttlebutt is like like hey we know we lost there's a lot of positive positivity but if you loved san diego soccer you've seen this from his dad in you know the grand old arena back in the day and so it was kind of a flashback and it's like for me it was one of those like i'm mad but then i'm happy and then i'm mad and then i'm happy again because it's like i i want aiden quinn to do well i really appreciate him as a human and a player i don't want him to do that against san diego but then again as a neutral that's a hell of a goal like that's a hell of a strike and so it's one of those like emotional roller coasters and i would like to say that you know, if Aiden Quinn wants to come on the Fairweather and Orange and Black soccer cast again so he can just keep on scoring goals, he is more than welcome. <laughs> Maybe it's a good luck charm to be uh, to do a double session right? on podcast two podcasts, on- two podcasts, two goals. I mean, the numbers speak <laughs> for themselves. So you go, I mean, Aiden, if you're listening, you got an open invitation. Alan's invited you to both podcasts again if you want to, if you believe. I, I think he mentioned he has some, you know, of those sports superstition beliefs here and there he, he believes in those a little bit so i mean hey alan set the set the table there if you want to come do that aiden join us um really quick i'll I go would, to you Dylan. do you have any last thoughts on the san diego match before we talk about las vegas yeah i was actually going to bring up that aiden quinn's goal was was nominated for goal of the week as one percent of the current tally because junior fleming scored a banger in phoenix uh wantahata probably scored a pretty good goal for uh tampa bay and then some other random teams but you know it's Aiden's that player I don't think really gets the plaudits he deserves he really should have been the MVP in 2018 and I know I talked about it back then if you compare to his stats directly with Emmanuel Ledesma from Cincinnati who did win MVP that year Aiden was the better player um I think we talked it about it though at that time right Dylan we talked about it at that time is because he was also had Thomas and in um, that was up for it. So when you have two players from the same team, they sort of take away um, votes from each other from the media that would vote for that or the, the league representation that would vote for that. Yeah, and what I think we're seeing now is, is Quinn's able to put... I mean, we don't have an Anna right now, and we might not get him the rest of the season because there's not a lot of time left. But he's, he's able to make that change, and he made that change twice for Orange County this week um, against the run of play, uh, kind of both times. And let's talk about the, this this nomination for goal of the week. I think a lot of time these these hard strikes don't get as much love when it comes to a goal of the week because people look at it as it's just a straight kick. It's just hard. But little most people don't realize it's hard to keep a powerful kick like that down. It's hard to keep it going nice and straight. Uh, you know, even Cameron said it looked like it was lifting up a little bit. So, I mean, I mean that's sort of the natural progression of the ball when you're getting that power behind it. It's going to lift up a little bit mo- most of the time. Um, so 
you know, I, I think I, I was on a fan uh, video chat with some of the other USL fans. Harry was on there, a couple others. Uh, and the moment I saw that goal, I was yelling goal of the week nomination right there. And people were like, eh, it's a nice goal, but I don't know if it's goal of the week type of thing. I think part of that is just, it, it doesn't have that pretty curve or this, you know, pretty like lift and drop into a, spur, a certain position. So I mean, it's, like it's like a Forrester goal from last season, like outside the boot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's look at this. Let's let's look at the next match that happened after San Diego. It was a quick turnaround for Orange County. They came back home, welcomed the Las Vegas Lights. We were sort of questioning last week, will that match even happen? Lo and behold, it did happen. Las Vegas was there. There was actually, I think, a Las Vegas fan sitting outside the gates of Championship Soccer Stadium, along with Countline Coalition in another, another section of that area. I believe both Dylan and Cameron were at the match covering uh, the match there live. So I'm going to go to, I'll go to Cameron first since we haven't, heard as much from you in, in the last few minutes uh quick impressions of that match against las vegas for orange county i mean it's pretty much as business as usual to be honest i mean apart from two two or three vegas attacks like orange county could have won that game way earlier i think you know diego lopez his surprise debut because of chap uh, problem with chandler hoffman he could have had a goal Olaski put in some pretty good passes in the box to open it to try to open it up. Ugo had a shot that could have gone in. It it just felt e it, it was just easier because against San Diego, we we felt we saw that Orange County can win when their backs are against the wall. But this is a this was like a tale of two games. Like I Orange County, I felt that it was just they really weren't troubled. And it just felt after the first goal, like it felt even before the first goal was scored that you knew it was, they were going to, it was bound to happen. And really Vegas put up no real fight, to be honest with you. Let me, let me move over to you quick, Alan. Uh, Brian Olosky like had an amazing match for the, the 90 minutes there set up two basically chippers, one for um, uh, Ugo. And I believe the other one was for, um, and, and I Diego, know, Diego, Diego Lopez, Lopez right? Um, right there in front of the goal, and, and just somehow they get deflected either by the goalie or the defense. Uh, what are your thoughts on Olaski's performance in that match? And were you sort of shocked when the club announced Aiden Quinn as the man of the match and not Brian Olaski? Um, Olaski was pretty amazing. Uh, I'm not surprised. I think when you score the game winning goal, um, you tend to get the love. Uh, but if you think about Aiden Quinn, um, was playing back a lot and just happened to be in up in the box for Olaski to kind of just shift it to him for to put on that left foot and put it in. Um, I I think Olaski is slowly coming into form with the team and figuring out where he is. He is a really slippery player. Um, he basically gets tackled, beats still beats his man up to the ball busts through a guy trying to hold on to him beats guy to the touchline to get it across and uh, to Diego. And it just happened to be, you know, Delgado puts a really good save on that, you know, one touch shot. Um, there's a couple things I do want to point out. And I put this in the chat with, there's a little bit of trouble for me with uh, Michael LaRosco with some of his decision-making in that first half, there was a really sloppy back pass 
and we've seen this from him before this year, that puts the back line and the keeper uh, in a bad position. Uh, there's a really bad tackle uh, that happens in the 13th minute um, that um, Rob Kiernan is having to recover pretty quickly uh, to shut it down, and it was actually a really good defensive play by him. There was a couple moments in that first half that if Vegas puts any one of those shots in, it's a much different game. Like we can say that Orange County outplayed Vegas for a large portion of the game, and that's true. But what troubled me was a defense that's been so locked down and mistake free to have a couple of of you know slip ups and mental lapses that could have easily for any other team but Vegas um, ended up in the back of the net. Um, and I think do bail someone out with an amazing save on that curling shot to the top shelf that I think most goalkeepers don't get to. And that's a goal. Um, I think there's a couple moments that were really troublesome uh, that shows like we need orange County needs to not fall asleep during a match that they feel that they're dominating. Um, and we've seen this a few times with orange County. Luckily there's enough offensive talent that can bail them out and enough consistency, the back line that can bail them out. Um, obviously orange County is going to win this game 10 times out of 10 uh, with the way that that played out. But there's a couple of moments in there. That's that were a little bit worrisome for me. If you're going to go up against some of the better teams in the West, they're going to, they're going to punish you for those mistakes. And now you're going to be playing from behind as opposed to orange County doing what's best, getting a goal and playing from ahead. Yeah, if not for Frederick Jew's amazing save on that curler, it could have been one nil in favor of Vegas and changes the whole, um, you know, flow of the rest of this match because now Orange County is playing from behind and they're not able to play their their style of, of soccer. And again, the the heat heading into that kickoff was pretty crazy as well. Um, let me ask you this question, Dylan, because you were at the match. Uh, Seth Moses on a yellow card goes in for a hard tackle. Uh, and I'm sure Alan, you, you, if you're like me, you're watching the stream or you, you replay the stream later. Cause I think San Diego was playing at the same time. Um, the person on the stream is saying any other time that's yellow, but because he's already on a yellow, you can't call a yellow here, even though it's an obvious, like doesn't even get near the ball. The ball's already gone when the tackle gets made. Um, a Dylan, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? That second hard tackle that should have been a yellow, not being called because he was already on a yellow. And could you hear any of the coaching staff or any of the sidelines from Orange County? And what were their, what was their response? Um, yeah, that is a second yellow 10 out of 10 times, but Michael Radchuk, the referee does not like to make big decisions. Um, I think he was a little bit nervous because he made a big decision three or four weeks ago and just, there's probably some pressure there, but it was also a deserved two yellow card situation um, in that Phoenix match when he sent off Santi Moir. I don't get why you get a talking to when you hack down a guy at knee level just outside the box when he is kind of clear, not necessarily on goal, but clear to make a shot from that point or to lay it off to a guy to make a shot. It's an absolute yellow card. Every player, match day squad, not in the match day squad, coaching staff, everyone, I think Cameron and I, every one of us were yelling that that was a second yellow. Frederick Dew was not having any of it. He was livid. (laughs) And he was livid earlier in that game, about five minutes in, after the one shot on goal that Vegas put, and he had to make that save. And he was yelling at Kevin Alston to sort it out. 
and he was even angrier about the second yellow. But it's just abysmal refereeing in that situation. He arguably deserves three in that one. His first one is shoving a dude into the advertising boards 10 minutes into a match, gets away with a pretty heavy tackle to stop a counterattack like 60 seconds later, and here you are. Um, they immediately subbed him off, probably knowing that was the most luck they're going to get. But if if I were, if I if I'm not mistaken, he hacked down Nathan Smith. Yeah, the, yeah, the, right. the board the he, board was he, wagging he hacked down. Was Alston Alston was the one got thrown into the board, and then he tacked and he hacked Nathan Smith with that should have been second yellow. So. Um, let me. Uh, Quickly ask you then, because uh, I don't. Th- I think Dylan didn't quite answer. But what was the reaction from the coaching staff there when the second yellow wasn't handed out, Cameron? Uh, loads of expletives. <laughs> yeah, we can't say <laughs> any of it. Lo- loads. It's, it was loads. It was loads of. It was loads of expletives. Uh, Chaplo with his high pitch mank accent um, saying something, um, but it 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 was you. It was. I mean, there's only one reaction to be honest. They're livid, and I mean, dude got off, of, <laughs> dude got off of his bench seat and walked up, and he just started. He, he, he was probably way more agitated than Braden or Richard were. Yeah, let me let me let me just fit, wrap this up because Orange County ended up winning the match off of the Aiden Queen goal, um, and again, no goals allowed, a clean sheet. So through these matches now. Only one goal conceded all season long um, and no losses since the start of the season, Cameron, not just since the return to play. And by the way, I don't know the announcer that was basically saying because it's the second, it's not a yellow, even though any other time it would be yellow. This is the same announcer that pronounced Frederick Dew's name like three or four different ways. Frederick Dew, Frederick Dewey, Frederick Dewey, um, Dua, I I forget. Thomas Thomas Rongen? I think probably that that I think I, 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 in the comments if you know. Yeah, I think it was Rongen. Um, Alan, let me go to you. Any last thoughts on this match before we move on to previewing the next two matches quickly for Orange County? Um, I just think Orange County needs to rediscover the uh, killer instinct they had against Phoenix, um, and um, yeah, it was great to see Aiden Quinn score in the 69th minute, um, a second goal nice. in two games. Um, and if Aiden Quinn can find the back in the net consistently, uh, and then you just add Okoli and Oloski, uh, hopefully Kasipli is okay. Um, I, I think we're, uh, I think Orange County is in a really good place. Um, with Aiden Quinn scoring, Orange County tends to be successful. And hopefully they can refine that, that hunger that they showed against Phoenix in their upcoming match here against Lostos up in Carson. Uh, coming up here again, this is a uh, an opponent who earlier in the season the match had to be postponed because of COVID uh, concerns. But now there is a match at least scheduled to be played, and hopefully it's going to take place this coming Saturday. Um, quickly, uh, without spending too much time on this because we're we're running low on time, Dylan. Thoughts on Orange County heading into this match, and does Los Dos uh, put up any kind of fight against Orange County, or should it be a, an easy win for Orange County? Orange County is going to come in full of confidence. Orange County is going to come in sans Harry Forrester. Uh, but Los Dos might have some fringe MLS players because, of course, the Galaxy are back. I believe the two teams have been training together since the first team got back. 
So that could pose some issues. We've seen that in the past, and we've historically struggled against this team for no, no good reason. But we have an unbeaten streak. We have a chance to really cement ourselves in second place ahead of the weekend. Excuse me, ahead of the midweek. So everything's to play for. Nathan Smith was right. It's a must win. Uh, Cameron, let me head it to you. Is this a must win for Orange County? And do you see a win coming their way? Of course, uh, it's a must win. Um, but this Los Dos team is better than Los Dos teams of years past. So Orange County historically struggling here. It will be even tougher considering that they finally, Los Dos have finally got their act together. Um, but I think this time around, there's just too much balance on Orange County, and the good players will show up and perform. And it won't be easy, but I think Orange County will eke out a W. Alan, any, uh, anything that should scare Orange County fans coming out of Los Dos? Um, this is Besides when potential MLS players that might play. I, I just think this is when Orange County establishes themselves as either just more of the same from last season or to say this is a new squad. Um, you know, you look at the Los Dos matches in the past, like they didn't win last year against Los Dos. You have that Tacoma match that was just like abysmal. Um, I think maybe this is because it's a shortened season, there's more motivation to get three points every match. So hopefully that that shows up on the pitch. Uh, but these matches have been typically a little bit problematic for Orange County. They play really well against top teams. Uh, but on some of these like sleeper ones, you think they're going to do really, really well. Uh, they just poop the bed. Um, so my hope for this week for Orange County is that uh, they don't play down to their competition, that they really, um, that they really play their style of soccer. Like uh, uh, Nathan Smith said, uh, and go in there and take care of business. It doesn't have to be pretty. It can be another 1-0, 2-0 victory. The same thing on the weekend. Like, Los Dos is uh, – or, sorry, next week. Los Dos is coming off – going to play Phoenix on midweek. So uh, you're going to be rested, and you just got to take the game to them, uh, score early, and then maybe you sit back like you've been doing recently and take a defensive uh, mindset and eke out a couple goal win. Um, I think that's what a lot of the better teams are doing right now is just – Scoring and then playing uber defense. Um, we're seeing a new style of soccer right now in the USL. And Orange County is set up to be successful. All right, let's go around. Dylan, score prediction against Los Dos. Uh, two on Orange County. I think playing at 2 p.m. tomorrow against Phoenix is just a little bit too much to recover from. Cameron, what about you? 2-1 Orange County. Olaski gets the first goal against his former team. Alan? 2 0. Orange County. Brown, he, okay. Short and sweet. There you go, Orange County. Dylan, you ready for it? 5 0. Orange County. It. Hey, you hate God me. Damn. I said 5 0. Orange County. Oh, whoa. That's new. I'm sorry. I stopped five listening nil, to that. Orange County. Oh. I'm looking for them to just come out and just hand it to Los Dos and, um, you know, come back after a poor outing from Las Vegas. Uh, at least to the standards, they should have scored quite a few more goals in this match. I think they'll come out against Los Dos with a little bit of fire and Los Dos, Los Dos coming off the midweek midweek match. Man, I can't talk right now. Um, are going to struggle on that one. Uh, and then let's lead on to Las Vegas. We're not going to talk much about what to expect out of it because we just watched Las Vegas come to Orange County 
uh, in that match. So we already sort of uh, know what to expect, except this is match is going to be in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. Los deuce. Um, and uh, luckily this match in Vegas is not going to be a, a, an 11 PM kickoff. Like it was originally anticipated when orange County was going to travel to Las Vegas earlier in the season. Uh, but let's do this. Uh, score prediction for orange County in Vegas, Dylan. You know, I still don't think Vegas has a number nine, something that Carson Murdoch has pointed out a billion times. So 2-0 Orange County. Oh, and we know how to play in the heat now because it's just abysmal here. Uh, Cameron, you? Ooh, three to one, Orange County. Allen? Uh, I think even though they don't have a striker, Raul Mendiola looked a little bit dangerous. All they have to do is find one cross in. Um and but I think Orange County handles their business, goes to Las Vegas, and goes on the road with a one-nil victory. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Allen's scoreline on there. One-nil for Orange County on that match. Um, let's do this because of some fun times here and a lot of match to talk about. We're out of time here, so we're gonna go through and do our random thoughts. Unless, really quick, does anyone have any other important soccer stuff they wanna share really quickly? Eh. I mean, if you're like a European soccer fan, Champions League's tomorrow. <laughs> I can one-up you if you'd like to watch the Women's Champions League, and you, you should because it's a little bit more ethical. Um, you can watch that for free in the United States with a – I don't remember what it is, but you can watch it for free in the U.S. It starts this weekend, I think. Who's playing? I don't know what it is anymore. Literally everyone. Every, oh, the beginning of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good stuff. Woso, just as good, if not better, than Broso. Plus, it's it's a lot more interesting than watching Bayern steamroll past Lyon six 0 and then some Qatari funded final. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that Dylan loves uh, European men's soccer. Uh, number contempt numbers are out for usl Uh, i think i have eight times the amount of people watching online you might say that well that's because people can't go to watch the games but if you look at who watched the mls's back tournament uh they were kind of about as average as they were in a normal uh so some good news at usl uh they are also uh doing uh serious xm uh, USL is going to be on a game of the week on Sirius XM and also in the Caribbean on Flow Sports. Not the crappy Flow Sports that we know, but F-L-O-W. Uh, so USL is growing in national and international audience. So uh, I'm here for that. He is here for that, ladies and gentlemen. We are, we, are on top of the, we are top of the power rankings, too. We are king of the castle, baby. Number one. I don't know how much we like power rankings. Can that be his show. random thought? Poor that, 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 can, that should be his random oh, thought. No, Yeah, and uh, let's go to you, Dylan. Random thought. You know, I think we're at a point, uh, a bit of a crossroads in, in our situation in life, and I think we need to be very cognizant of um, being good people right now more than ever and we need to push for for some good change so that we don't have to take a knee during the national anthem we don't have to take a knee for 15 seconds before every match and we don't have to clap for healthcare workers 
uh, before the start of the second half, we can we can just you know have some equity and some equality and and some uh, high quality living for everyone. Cameron ran. Cameron random thought. So I downloaded Audible, and I got the free book trial. It was about Dylan's the nineteen the nineteen ninety eight Festina scandal. If we're talking about the biggest drug bust in sporting history, it was wild. I mean, some writers were held in jail, criminal. It was a turn to a criminal case. Like, it was probably the year. It was definitely the year that's, you know, systematic doping was visible in cycling. And it's just crazy to see on that level. And basically, like, from then on, I mean, you had the creation of WADA, the World, the World Anti-Doping Agency. And basically, whoever had a good performance in any race, cycling race, for a good while, was like, all right, this guy's in the juice. You know, it was laid bare. It was laid bare to see. And was it the clear? Uh, what? I mean, it was basically, it's basically the scandal that most Americans don't know about. Like, we talk about performance enhancing drugs and sports, like, oh, more of like a, you know, you have like the Mitchell report, Balfour, like Balfour stuff in the early 2010s. But this was like visible. Like you have 400 vials of performance enhancing drugs in like a small car going to Dublin. It's like, it's way more visible. <laughs> it was way more visible. It was like, all right, this, all these drugs are going to the best team in the world. So it's like, it was kind of just laid bare visible. Save it there we for go. History podcast. I was gonna say this is this is a mouthful of history right here. You don't have to record an episode anymore uh, this week, Cameron. Um, let's go think, and, and let's just go to you, Alan. I think I just blacked out for a few minutes. What just happened? I heard a quality, and then I, my brain shut off. Um, we, we, got, give we, a got, sh- uh, we got bombarded by another podcast, basically. Right. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out uh, to. Uh, Meg, I don't know how to say your last name, Linehan or Linehan. Um, she's a, uh, a, basically the Jeff Reuter of uh, women of Woso, women's soccer. Um, if you're not following her, like her timeline is just absolutely like um, it's L I N E H A N, first name Meg. Um, she was the one that kind of broke that. Three syllables, I believe, Linehan. Uh, she's the one who broke the Rose Lavelle to Man City rumors. Uh, if you are at all, how do you spell Meg? Uh, like kicking a ball through someone's legs. Um, she's an absolute gem of a follow. Uh, follow her. She is fantastic in reporting. Uh, her work around the NWSL Cup was great. Uh, she is on Athletic. Uh, so please, if you don't subscribe to that, or if you do, make sure you're following her and responding and liking her posts. Uh, she's an app, like I said, she's an absolute gem. I know it's a little bit soccer related, uh, but uh, she's been fantastic, and uh, she seems to be like a great human being. So give her a follow, please. Perfect. My random thought for this episode is: I just want to uh, give props to all the teachers all the parents and all the students that are going through the new, the start of a new school year that looks completely different than any other school year. My kids started their first day of school today. Um, and although there was a, a few challenges early on, it definitely uh, was a lot different than what the end of the last school year looked like. So it's definitely uh, good to see that and props just everyone that's dealing with it and, and 
um, working with it as best they can because I know it's not easy for any person that's participating, especially the kids who are just, you know, doing something completely different and they don't get to be around friends. And that's a, a big joy for a lot of kids is being around their friends at school. And without being able to do that, they're still at least, you know, most kids that I've talked to, they're still going through it, doing their best, trying hard and finding a way to, to make a, to find positives in this really weird age that we're in and, and props to the teachers. Cause I know it's not easy for them either. Alan, you know, props to you. Ooh. Especially band teachers in this time. I don't know how you teach band through Zoom. Uh, I don't, I don't either, you know. <laughs> All I know is um, like ele elementary school kids will become HR professionals by the time they hit middle school. Oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be like running like I Zoom emails. Everything. <laughs> yes. Um, well, this is gonna wrap up time. We went a little bit past an hour, but we were definitely having fun, and there was a lot of great stuff to talk about. I want to thank our guest Nathan Smith from Orange County Soccer Club for taking a, a little bit of time out of his evening to join us here on this podcast, um, and for sharing his love for just carrots, just tiny cut up baby carrots. Um, his love for that without ranch. Without Ranch, yes. And his uh, current playlist song of Burna Boy. Uh, well, that's not the song, that's the artist, but uh, uh, ask Cameron if you need to know what song he's probably listening to because Cameron seems to know a lot about Burna Boy. Um, I want to thank Cameron from A Mouthful of History for joining us and sharing with us what it's like on A Mouthful of History when he starts talking about something historical like doping in cycling. Uh, and of course, as always, Dylan and Alan uh, on here. Really quick, Dylan, your Twitter. Drop it. Oh, oh, it's not right there. Now it, it is. is at OCSC underscore Dylan on Twitter and Reddit. And Cameron, what about you? Where can our listeners follow you, find you, listen to you, watch you, read you? At what Cameron said. Alan? Hey, Underwood48 on the Twitter machine. And you can follow me, my personal Twitter at DJ Ray Samora, or you can follow the podcast Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast. You can also go to our website, which has uh, all of our past episodes, our writings that we do, and also links to any of the uh, sites that you can find us at. Um, so for everyone, this has been the orange and black soccer cast. I got to hand it over to Alan for this final part of it. Go. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official soccer scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get your custom scarves or masks today at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, pro team, or EUSL team? Looking at you, Ray. Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. That's IcarusFC.com. And we are out.